Hello, and welcome back to another episode of TechCast. I believe this is episode number 30. Another big milestone we're reaching right here. And you're watching or listening to the 429 Podcast. I'm 4. I'm 2. And I'm 9. And let's go ahead and get into some interesting news that's been occurring in the world. Some tech news and maybe some other interesting news as well. First things first, you know, I think this is pretty, um, pretty big. And even though it's not directly tech news, I think it is kind of still tech news. We have reached in the United States 135 million people with at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. And Damn. I mean, I wow. think I think coming from last year, when a year ago, you know, this time we were in pretty much the worst of the pandemic. And, you know, no one thought that we would be able to get, you know, vaccinated almost, you know, half the country within a year's time. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty incredible feat. You know, all the different medical technology that's gone into these vaccines and the supply chain and distribution that's been going on. Um, you know, I think this is pretty incredible, pretty massive feat in terms of an engineering and medical technology feat of humans. And I mean, I just wanted to bring that up. I think it's totally relevant to, to the news today. So what, what do you guys think about that? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. That's uh, great to hear. Honestly, that means we're on the track. And hopefully things progress the same way moving forward. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to see, right? It's it's I know in some parts of the world, you know, COVID's getting worse, specifically in you know Southeast Asia with India and everything. Yep. But I know things are hopefully heading in the right direction with these 35 million vaccines, and hopefully plenty more to come over the course of the next month, right? I know there's certain college systems now. I just read right now that UC, uh, the UC and Cal State college systems in California will actually require vaccines mm-hmm. by the fall and everything so you know there's a big push for it and hopefully you know it can uh it really starts to you know tone down and we could get back to i guess normal or whatever this new normal is right you know i know local to us we're reaching i want to say upwards of 50 percent um you know population density having received at least one vaccine dose so mm-hmm. yeah. i don't think the, the doctors and scientists have figured out exactly what's required in order to reach herd immunity yet you know, like, for example, some some diseases, like I think um, measles requires like 95% hurt for herd immunity and other diseases. I think I want to say it's mumps requires about 80% and some is less, some is more, right? Um, but obviously, as more and more people get vaccinated, we'll, you know, get closer to that. And when you combine the people that have been, you know, immunized with other people who have had COVID and naturally recovered and include their, um, um, you know, antibodies and immunity to it, we're probably very very close to i think you know reaching herd immunity and at the rate we're going i think the u.s is giving between one and three million vaccines every single day i mean that's that's massive and hopefully we can get you know close to herd immunity by summertime and you know the faster we get there and the faster other developed countries get there you know the sooner we can kind of take our resources and start helping the rest of the world at that point right because i mean covid is one of these things where if you know, other countries that are less developed than, for example, the United States, um, if they're not getting the vaccines and the immunity that we're getting, you know, eventually they run the risk of kind of creating mutations that will then nullify vaccination statuses in other countries. So it's in everyone's best interest to get vaccinated soon, get herd immunity and, you know, start helping other nations get there as well. That way we can reduce the chance of mutation. Right. So definitely, definitely agree. Anyway, also in the news, while we're on a science vibe here, um, have you guys Sorry. ever heard of CRISPR? Do you know what CRISPR is? No. Uh, it rings a bell. I don't know why. 
CRISPR. So CRISPR is this genetic editing system, right? It's CRISPR-Cas9. And this is kind of how scientists are able to modify genes. And I believe... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like CRISPR kits and stuff like that, right? Yeah, correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of one of the things that's often used in or kind of often researched in cancer treatment, uh, as well as sometimes like, you know, weight loss or also, you know, like genetically engineering like your kids or whatever. A lot of people are, you know, see that in the future or whatever. Some people see that as playing God. Other people like scientists are all for it. But you know, regardless of what you think, it's kind of cool stuff. Supposedly, there's been a, a big breakthrough in this uh, technology where previously CRISPR changes would not kind of move on to your next set of genes, to your next um, set of cells. Um, mm -hmm. But according to this article here that I'm looking at, it seems that some lab has actually made it so that way you're able to persist your changes in these genes, and they'll now continue on moving forward. Um, so I think this is pretty cool, and this might be able to kind of carry some added benefits long term for, like I said, cancer treatments and other medical treatments. So what do you guys think about, I think, genetic modification in general? Do you think this is something that we should be looking at, or do you think this is something that is you know, we shouldn't really play the role of God. What are your opinions here? Um, it's kind of interesting to think about because I can see the immediate benefits of such a technology in our hands, yeah. right? Most likely I'm thinking of genetic diseases and stuff like that. You know, it, it, it kind of sucks for a lot of families out there that have to, you know, kind of harbor these genetic, you know, issues that they have throughout their family line. So being able to change that, Yep. And up a family line of you know disorders and stuff like that is just amazing for them. You know, it's, it's things Absolutely. outside of their control, and it's not their fault. And it'd just be great to like you know prevent future generations from suffering the same fate. But on the other hand, I also know that you know if you put this tech in the wrong hands or for you know greedy purposes, it can get spun out of control so easily. You know. Yep. Um. So it's it's a little bit like a balancing act on one hand i'm happy we're moving forward with this and you know i'm really looking forward to see all the great it could it can do but on the other hand i know it it's pretty much like a slippery slope until we start really going way a wall with it yep two any opinions yeah like i see i see the benefits for you know solving diseases in the future and everything but I want to be careful with how we decide to use that technology for people who are like, ooh, you could give me super speed? I'll take super speed for 50 grand, you know? Yep. Like, we want to be very careful when it comes to those types of things. I don't want it to become like cosmetic surgery is now, like plastic surgery, right? Yep. That's the way like, I'm doing it, yeah. You know. It should be more along the lines of solving diseases, solving cures for things, not like, oh, dude, I get super strength or fit with 20 grand? Give me super strength, right? Like... Yep. So, you know. Yeah, it, it, that's pretty much the way I was kind of viewing heading hot splash surgery is right now. And, like, yeah. in the country, uh, like, a huge crisis. You know, like, uh, I think of Korea primarily, who has this huge public stigma about plastic surgery to the mm -hmm. point that, like, when you reach of age, like, 17 or 18, it's almost, like, normal for you to get plastic surgery. Um, yeah. Which like, is, like Korea's, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is sad to think about it because pretty much given this public like image that like you're not born perfect until you're like 18 you know sure. and it's and it, and it gets a really bad vibe that like unless you get closet surgery you're not gonna you be know, normal. 
It kind of it kind of also reminds me of you recall a couple a uh, couple months ago. I think we were talking about um, the the re the reversal of the age process. Um, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, right. This is kind of the same exact ball game, right? Where you're just modifying your your own gene to get some type of benefit. And I mean, I don't know, right? I don't I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if people wanted to, you know, get surgery or some type of treatment to slow aging, or maybe get some type of you know treatment in order to get rid of certain genetic, um, how do I say, maybe deficiencies, right? If you have some type of uh, gene disorder or, you know, like you said, hereditary thing. And mm -hmm. I mean, if they, if these things start becoming normal and stuff like that happens, you know, I don't think anything's stopping, you know, like you said, super speed, super strength, right? These are just going to happen. It's going to be like plastic surgery. It's only a matter of time. And I don't think there's really any way to stop that once you start, you know, this genetic modification, um, as the norm my issue is that it, it, it just to like the upper class yeah right and that you you get kind of spawned these like everlasting ever never aging like upper class and then that you know it doesn't really give the proper it kind of gives them like an iron defense like kind of, because their their reign never stops and it just widens the gap even further yep. you know and that's yeah. my fear that the accessibility is not going to be there. Yeah, that's right? true as well. No, and also military use is definitely going to be absolutely super soldiers like Captain America. Captain America. So then we get we get these super super wars basically, which yeah. would be devastating to any country that hosts them. So I, I see a lot of bad things, but also a lot of good things. So it's it's really hard to see. Really. Yep. Very true. All right. Anyway, into the next piece of news, we're getting a little bit more into the tech news here. So the FBI recently arrested a man in Texas, and you're never going to guess what his plan was. He was going to try and take down 70% of the internet in a series of bomb attacks on the AWS data center in uh, Smith Switch Road in Ashburn, Virginia. What? He was going to bomb the, one of the Virginia AWS, you know, US East 1 data centers. No, I heard you, but like... He does realize that they have backup servers, right? They do have backup servers, you're right. So this is another thing I'm not totally sure of. Now, the article is claiming that 70% of the internet would have been out, and it's possible. If, if he kills the avail all availability zones in that zone, you know, you have dozens and dozens and dozens of companies that aren't actually multi Yeah, you have companies so... who are using VPCs who may be out and affected, like the virtual private clouds that are restricted for those people who are just only in Virginia East, yep. right? But yep. like... The most effect it would have on just general people using anything on the internet would be our, like our refresh rate goes from one to two seconds. No, like whoop de doo, well, I can I wait another. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know if that's necessarily true. If you think about it, how many, for example, you think, you know, local media companies or, you know, non-big tech companies or non-billion-dollar organizations, how many of them do you think are multi-cloud or even multi-region? These are very expensive features to enable, right? I think, I think it's probably likely that. A majority of people are in a single region so if you take down you know one two data centers in that region you could probably create some real issues yeah but i'm sure amazon has backup options right they're probably not telling us about like to migrate it over to like us west all of a sudden to have their service back up and running right like i'm sure there's contingency plans in place i don't assume that like all right you know virginia all of the whole state of virginia got blown up ah uh, shit i can't access snapchat right like 
I hope, like, I really hope that's not the case here. Otherwise, so I, I think it might really be though, right? Because you get what you pay for. You know what you're paying for. You're paying for if you're in a single, you know, if you have single availability zone um, or single, re if you're in a single region, you're kind of uh, out of luck if that region goes down. Or you know, if you're in a single availability zone, you're out of luck. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just problems. I think I don't necessarily think that you're gonna have your data in U.S. West if you're only paying for backups in U.S. East. Either way, even though we don't know the exact extent of the damage that would have been done, I there would have been an effect. And I think it would have yeah. been a, a noticeable effect where it would have definitely stopped some businesses or even services entirely. So, you know, it would have not been good. Yep. Definitely would have not been good. You know, it also makes me think about this, uh, this trend I saw recently on Reddit of, like, if, like, Jeff Bezos wanted to be a, a super villain, what, it, what, what, what can he do? Mm -hmm. And then someone just like he just turned off AWS and basically like doomed. Yeah. And then he's it's legally he's allowed to do so. So true. Devastating. It would be a big issue. <laughs> it would be a big issue. I mean, he just turned off the switch. I mean, I guess that's it. Seventy percent of the internet gone. Goodbye. Yeah, right. Google's like, all right, I can't do this. <laughs> like. <laughs> so anyway, also here we go. Another story. China actually fined Alibaba with a record $2.8 billion fine for behaving like a monopoly. Now, this is Alibaba? kind of surprising. Yeah, Alibaba. You know, in China, a lot of their businesses are at least, you know, partially state-owned or required to, you know, follow what the state says to do. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's surprising to see a company get fined like this because you think they'd be really careful about what they're doing, about what they're doing and not, in order to not get fined or, you know, kind of on the bad side of the government in the first place or you would think they wouldn't care i mean like you said it yourself they own partial of the companies um uh, in china right so yeah. like if they're doing well or an extremely well to an unfair advantage you know you would think the government would be like well that just means that percentage of ours that we own is just gonna go higher so yeah but i'm not i'm not really surprised china has done this because their real goal here is to bankrupt jack ma right so jack ma if you guys don't know has been very outspoken about the ccp over the last year two years mm. now i see okay. and he's He's really been trying to he's really trying to like convert China more to a capitalist economy like how the United States is, right? Uh, and he's okay. been trying to push for these reforms, trying to push for this, basically trying to take away power from the CCP. So yes, CCP does okay. what's, So CCP does what's best for them and they're like, "Huh, Jack Ma Jack Ma is still a billionaire because he owns 50% of Alibaba." Oh wait, no he doesn't. And that's like where the 2.8 billion dollar fine comes in from. Okay, so that that's starting to make a lot more sense now. Yeah, yeah. So that's extremely in line then with. The yeah, I didn't know a lot of that. Like, if you guys, that's interesting. Yeah, if you guys also, if you guys also don't know uh, more about this background, Jack Ma has actually been missing in a lot of state-run programs. He's been missing in a lot of the major CCP events that they do. He's essentially been blacklisted from China, right? So wait, is this the billionaire that like people say he's been missing since September or something? I think this is him. Yeah, I think Jack Ma has been missing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say also. Uh, <laughs> I remember hearing this, that he's just been... Yeah, he's literally just... Like a billionaire poof. has been missing. Yeah, he's, he's literally just poof, gone, right? He and might like, be dead. And look, China's not stupid. China's not going to just kill him and be like, all right, Jack's dead, right? You like, got no. him. <laughs> Their hands that's are gonna... off. You got yeah, him. <laughs> like, they're not going to be stupid like that, right? Because yep. he's actually worth something, right? He's one of the top billionaires in the world. He's known for that, right? So they're going to be a little bit more discreet on how they're going to take him down. Hence the $2 billion antitrust fine, quote-unquote, against Alibaba, right? 
Mm-hmm. What, what, about, what about his appearance, though? Ah, uh, he's fine. He's probably somewhere. <laughs> <He's fine. laughs> <laughs> billionaire who literally is like known for his public appearances hasn't been seen for months. He's fine. Ah, uh, he's probably in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. The real question is: Is he in hiding, or is he being hidden? That's the question. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much either sure. voluntary or involuntary. Yeah, like knowing this dude, this dude also has one of the most insane worth ethics I've ever seen in my life, right? And that's coming from us who like already work 80, 90, 100 hours a week, right? Like this dude, literally, Alibaba's known for 8 to 8, 8 schedule, meaning 8 days a week, 8 to 8 every day. <laughs> oh, like no. it's, it's like, or was it a 777 schedule? I don't know, but basically... You're working every day for as long as you possibly can with only taking a break to just sleep, if that, right? And so <laughs> it's that's why Alibaba's been such a successful company. Yeah, like, I gotta go. A... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you see Jack standing in the corner going, go? We don't go anywhere. <laughs> like, it's like, so... Yeah, I do watch me. Yeah. walking right out the door. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like, right. So it's definitely a, a different a different level here. But, yep. yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, so... Nine to answer your question, yeah, this is the billionaire that's gone, you know, AFK. Like, well, I hope they find him. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> or right. does he want to be found? <laughs> Into the next story. Now, this one's a little older, but I think still still interesting <laughs> and relevant. <laughs> oh. Have you guys heard about Amazon's union vote? Yeah, didn't they, aren't they like aren't they putting like fake Twitter accounts and fake all this shit to like just so, screw with the vote? I don't know about all that, but I I do know that <laughs> there was a mail in. It was pretty much a mostly mail in election, and and they forced them to come inside, right? I don't remember. Not, like I said, I'm not I'm not positive. But let me let me finish here anyway. <laughs> you've got you've, you've got 1,798 ballots against the union, 738 in support of the union, and you know. Long story short, the union vote failed. There's no union for Amazon, right? That's 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 long story short. Now, into what you were saying, too, there was a lot of controversy about this, okay? Because supposedly Amazon was kind of making these, like, fake stories and fake claims. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, then they were pushing all of this stuff about how their, you know, the mail-in ballots were insecure and yada, yada, yada. It's almost like they were preparing to lose, like, preparing for the worst but hoping for the best. And, I, I mean, then, you know, the union vote fails and... Everyone is kind of up in arms and, you know, Amazon gets their way. People still have questions that are unanswered. So it's just an yeah. interesting thing. And, you know, for... So nothing changes, got it. Yep. Yeah, pretty much nothing changes. Yeah, look, this is going to be a real pain point for Amazon and a real haunting point for them moving forward, right? Like, I see Amazon as the company who is going to be replacing all their warehouse workers with robots and drones, like, within the next five to ten years is what I see them, yeah. right? Yeah. And... Right now, what they're really doing here is just, they're just prolonging the inevitable, right? So what's gonna what scares me most on this one is that you're gonna have a large swath of the workforce be replaced by these robots and drones and all this other crazy you know tech stuff that Amazon is building. And it's gonna really start raising a question like, all right, like now you have Amazon's making what like X trillion dollars in profit a year now, right? Mm-hmm. How are we gonna tax them, right? Because at some point, I see global consumption being worth more than government, right? And so Amazon will technically be like its own like country if it really needs to be, right? It could literally run the world. So how do you keep an organization like that in check? I don't have a straight answer for you guys, but that's going to be an interesting dilemma I think I know, government organizations I, I are going to have to face. With big guns and tanks, 
That's how. <laughs> well, that is when Amazon when, when Amazon's the one manufacturing those parts for you. I don't know if this is gonna work out well here. You just don't tell them. Yeah, no, maybe you're That's right. Well. You just don't tell them it's for them. They'll be like, "Oh, here's your tanks." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> points are gonna thump." See, Amazon is so. See, that's the thing with Amazon. They're so slick with this, right? Because they're literally touching every major supply chain and every major organization in the world, right? And now, pretty soon, outside this world too, with Blue Origin that Bezos is working on, right? So yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty wild to think about. Yeah, it's kind of wild. You know, it's actually pretty, pretty, pretty interesting, though. Right back to the whole union thing. Um, you know, for example, stores like Walmart, right? A lot of people claim that Walmart closes their stores anytime there's an attempted unionization, right? And I just gave it a quick Google and I found this Reddit thread. And if you look on it, apparently they actually did get in trouble in Canada and Quebec over this at one point. So one of their Quebec stores decided to unionize and they closed it like a month later. And you know, oh, wow. they got in legal trouble over this. But apparently this isn't the first time they've done this. Um, you know, looking further down here, you can see this article from CBS News where... Walmart has in the past shut down five stores because they've unionized. So I guess this is kind of <laughs> this is kind of just, you know, the standard for retail stores that don't want their employees to be unionized. It's mm-hmm. oh, you guys want to create a union? Okay, well then guess what? You're all fired, we're moving the store. Like that's it. This is what well, this, let me is, t- this is what'll happen. It's kind of Oh, this is a permanent oh, this is a permanent store shutdown. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it's oh, not temporary. It's they they'll close the doors and they'll move it two miles away. Uh, I thought I thought if this was like just like a day off kind of thing, I would have been no, like, no, you know, no, no, no. So like, you imagine be like, you guys got the day off. No, Walmart. Is not, it <laughs> seems like Walmart's not touching a union with a ten foot pole. They're they're staying away from that. They shut the store if they hear the word in the store. Yep. You <laughs> you walk in. Where can I find this union eraser? <laughs> like, all right, guys, we're closed for the day. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. This store's gonna close now. All right, guys, you're gonna show up uh, never, so please don't call me. I wonder. Now I'm really curious. I wonder if Walmart has a Union Dale location. <laughs> like, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Oh, they have one in Union, New Jersey. Oh, that store's getting closed soon. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Another piece of cool news. This one's talking a little bit about Apple here. So recently, Apple has actually admitted that iMessage is the number one most difficult reason uh, people have for not leaving iPhones. And that the hardest thing that, and the worst thing they can do for their brand and in order to, you know, keep their consumers is to implement iMessage with other devices like Android devices. And I would agree. I have been talking about this for ages, okay? This is the one of the few reasons why I still have an iPhone, right? You know, iPhones are great as well. I, I, I really do. I, I like their products. They integrate well together. There's a handful of reasons, but for me, the biggest reason is that you have iMessage, and it's so good. Everyone has iMessage. And then also FaceTime, I guess, is a close second, right? But mm-hmm. I just, I think this is the most accurate story I've seen in a while. What do you guys think? I think it's just the seamlessness, right? I think it's just, uh, before I give it to Nine, who's an Apple expert, right? It's just the seamlessness Apple provides across all of its devices and platforms and everything is just so nice, right? Like, for my AirPods to auto-connect to my TV, to my phone, to, like, an iPad, to my car, like, it's it's so seamless, so clean, and it's just so well done and, like, efficient that, like, it's hard to compete. It really is, right? The whole Apple universe is just hard to compete in. And rightfully so, because they put a lot of manpower and engineering hours into making it this seamless, right? Into yeah, making 
all of their different OSs and everything talk. Whereas, like, it's hard to do that when you're going from, like, an Android to, like, a Windows to, like, a, I don't know, a Gmail, right? Like, it, it gets annoying. So, but nine, go ahead. Uh, no, it makes sense. It's, it's literally, like, the number one Apple, right? Their iMessage is, like, very universally known. And for many people, it's it's uh, pretty much a killer feature uh, compared to the, the alternatives. Um, yeah. Especially with their, you know, with their recent years, they've been locking on privacy and stuff like that. Um, which, you know, they have alternatives and other third parties, you know, like Telegram, I think, of or Signal. But, you know, that's only been very recent. Um, and for many people, a lot of people I know, at least, don't like installing a new app to do that. They just like using what's built in. So it makes sense. I knew for a long time that Apple would never, ever extend it. Because it just, it from a business perspective, it just makes sense not to offer it. Uh, it just kills yeah. their own brand. And Apple's always been about the closed garden yeah. effect, right? Everything that in their garden, they maintain, they, they tend to. And no one's allowed in unless you use their rules, right? Yep. So opening that completely destroys that. And I never see Apple doing that, ever. The day that happens, that's a new era of Apple and something that, I would have no idea where where they're going moving forward. Yeah, Back to nineteen eighty four. Like, ooh, that's a good year. <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much it. Anyway, next piece of news. So, we all know about Starlink, right? You know, Elon Musk's um, kind of yep. worldwide internet, you know, wireless network adventure. Well, it takes roughly fifteen hundred dollars for each Starlink terminal to be created right now. That's not bad. Actually. Right, that's really not that bad, but yeah. believe it or not, Starlink's only going to be charging their customers five hundred dollars per terminal. Ooh. And I mean, this is just another. This, is, I mean, I, I just like kind of brought year? this up because no, 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 just it's a one-time purchase, right? Once you get the terminal, it's done, and then it's, you know wait, you need five hundred for life. No, no, five hundred for the equipment for life. You still have to pay for service, right? That's separate. Oh, okay, fine. Right, it's like it's like a cable box, I guess, but it's the installation fee. Correct. Yeah. That's expensive for an installation fee, but I right, continue. Well, anyway, right. It's they're pretty much shaving off a thousand dollars of lost cost right now and just giving you the customer, your consumer, a thousand dollars off the price of your unit. Now, supposedly long term that the prices of these units are going to come down, and this is one of the reasons why they're doing it. But I mean I think this just goes to show you how Elon Musk is like the absolute best man that exists right now. And I think he's probably one of the few people that really care about actually helping people and not just becoming ultra rich i think almost every well, penny he makes one... goes back into his companies and yeah i have just one existence. problem i just have one problem with this whole starlink initiative right and mm-hmm. it's it's actually with not just starlink but with spacex blue origin and all of these space initiatives that are going on right mm-hmm. the amount of space junk that we've just left behind in space is yeah. actually like enormous right like mm-hmm. and believe it or not there's been studies done about starlink to be like within the next five years if elon's musk plan goes according to plan which it never does but if it does go but if it goes according to plan right like realistically we will have no possible way to do space travel for the foreseeable future and on top of that any global satellites and everything we have will need to be replaced within the next year because of all the damage they would be taking from all the hits that are coming in right from all the space debris and so i don't feel comfortable with all of that uh, this stuff right because it's like there's just so much garbage up there that it's it's insane to me 
but we yeah. need to figure out a better way. And this is a planet problem, right? Because we have this for regular consumer trash also, right? Like, yep. we need to find a better way to do garbage management, which I think is something that we've never been able to overcome as a civilization ever, if you look across all of history, right? Yep. Like, a fun New York fact is like, you guys know Staten Island, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Staten Island, for those of you who are not located in the United States or in New York, is one of the five boroughs of New York City. And so things like five counties or five towns of New York City, main towns, right? And believe it or not, Staten Island was actually just designed to be just a dump. Like all the garbage that was ever collected in New York was just supposed to go just transported via truck to Staten Island. No question, right? And just dumped on the island. And... That was the best form of trash management we had back in the 1800s, 1700s, right? And so we really have never come up with a clean way of doing this stuff. So that's, I think, should be priority one before actually going against Starlink and all this stuff. But See, I agree with you to some degree. Um, but I, I do think, like, you know, for example, Starlink having an effect on other satellites, I think that's relatively a low, a low risk, right? Starlink are small satellites. They take place in... Um, I believe it's called low orbit. I think it's I think it's low orbit levels, mm-hmm. right? So you're not really risking like high price government satellites and telescopes and whatnot because those are all in middle to high orbit. Um, but I do see your point about us having problems getting up into space, right? Because these now create debris and they can affect launch trajectories if you get hit with it. And you know if you're off by you know one degree or you know a, a little bit, that's how you end up with a blown up spacecraft and multiple people dead on you know on exit. So that's a big problem. Yeah. Um, you know, it only gets worse because once the, once the, once the garbage is up there, that's it. You know, there's really no getting it down. So, although I do think that we are getting better at this, right? You know, like Elon is one of the few people that's actually making strides towards reusing almost as much of his, um, parts as he can, you know, now we're able to actually recover entire rockets, right? So these are, these are big strides we're making. and I think that we'll only get better at them. So hopefully this won't be a problem for too much longer. I agree. I agree. And there are firms working on this stuff, right? So hopefully they come to a solution faster than Elon does. But yep. if not, they got to really start ramping up pace, you know? I don't know, man. Elon, Elon's fast. Elon's fast. It's because Elon has the money and these guys don't. <laughs> well, that's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got two more stories. We're just about out of time. So let's just do these at rapid at rapid speed here. Um, hit us. Hit us. As you guys know, not too long ago, Facebook had a leak that had 500 million users data compromised. Right, yep, I think yep. we're talking like emails, usernames, whatever, right? Your yep, basic yep. stuff. Yep, yep. And supposedly this is a flaw that they had years to fix. Apparently there were multiple complaints about this flaw for a long time, and they never actually fixed it. So this is something that's been out there. I guess maybe they considered it low risk. Maybe there were other priorities. Uh, but it's not one bug in production. Every engineer was like, "Ah, it's fine. We don't gotta fix it." <laughs> Well, I mean, if you guys if you guys recall, right? I think now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the way Facebook works is there's a lot of there's just tickets out there, right? And if you want to work on something, you can just pick a ticket, right? So if this was just Mm -hmm. some ticket that was out there and didn't really have priority on it, and no one was really looking at it, Mm -hmm. I can see it being very easy for something small to get glossed over. Yeah. Especially at an ecosystem as as large as Facebook. Right, so or maybe they didn't even make a ticket, right? Because it's very team by team specific, and managing that many Jira boards and everything gets complicated. True, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting, and it just goes to show you how managing these types of risks and you know even small bugs can be very important because they can have devastating effects in the future. Yeah. Anyway, 
100%. Last story. I think this is a, an interesting one. So supposedly Bitcoin mining in China will soon generate as much carbon emissions as all European or not as all as some entire countries in Europe. So this is one of the big, um, you know, downsides of cryptocurrency in general. And this has been making a lot of news recently in terms of how much carbon emissions are being generated by the mining of coins. And, you know, you think about it, this is a big problem, right? Some people are mining all day, every day, taking, you know, gigawatts of power every year, right? Or month even. You're talking about a lot, a lot, a lot of energy being used and thrown into uh, cryptocurrency. And now I've seen some people arguing like, oh, they're mining it and there's nothing coming out of it. You know, yada, yada, yada. Like, I don't agree with that. I think there's a lot of value that cryptocurrencies and blockchains in general now add in terms of privacy and data verification. And there's a lot of, you know, legitimate systems now functioning on top of these blockchains and, and using the tech, uh, tech stack of these coins. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how you feel about climate change, this might be a real problem for you and, you know, for everybody. So this is an interesting one. What do you guys think? Uh, one, I'm not as surprised because I don't know if you guys have ever been to Europe, but like those countries are pretty like clean, man. Like they're pretty like yeah. green energy oriented and it's very low carbon emission. It's very clean out there. I have to say, it's probably one of the cleanest places in the world, I would have to say, for most parts of Europe. Um, I say most, with a grain of salt there. Um, but at the same time, it's it's pretty insane. And you're right. Like, you shouldn't have these, you shouldn't have another country which is already known for doing the most carbon emissions in the world, right? Or one of the top 10 carbon emissions in the world to be just doubling that with like Bitcoin mining and stuff, right? Like, uh-huh. it logically just does not make sense to me. And I think this brings up a very fatal flaw in cryptocurrencies in that el- electricity and all of this is expensive, right? It's expensive. The resources are time consuming. It's not very green or carbon emission oriented. And so there needs to be a better solution to this. And I think we will see coins and crypto come out with better solutions. You know, Ether is working on a couple of things as is like other iterations of like Litecoin and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, but we're not at the point yet where I could say that we've made it right. So there's still some more work to be done. But nine, what are your thoughts? I mean, similar, pretty much. I mean, it's just the way that we're. I think me uh, and two talked about this a while ago, but we're we're reaching a threshold where like the cost of electricity to you know mine these coins and stuff like that are tremendously high, right? Yep. And it's starting to get to a point where like it's not no longer a limit of like how high these you know these currencies can go up uh based on you know mining, but just basically how affordable it is now with how much electricity it costs. Like is does does the cost of electricity over now overtake the actual value of the crypto? And and we saw that even like non valuable I say currencies like Dogecoin, you know, things that have literally no actual value tied to them is purely a meme coin can get quote unquote value, but there's still cost electricity to make and mine. So like, you know, it, it starts to become like eventually as you know, these cryptocurrencies get more and more popular and they become more and more mainstream. The cost of electricity is going to be a huge issue. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, we're out of time for today. Uh, but this has been episode 30 of TechCast with the 429 podcast. Um, you know, I know we know we've been having a little bit of trouble uploading on our regular schedule here. You know, life calls, we've just been very busy. Um, 
you know, we're doing our best to kind of try and keep up with the schedule, but it should be difficult sometimes. We're going to try and do better moving forward. Um, yeah, but we appreciate all the support you guys have given us, um, especially on Instagram, right? We've got a really big increase of followers over the course of the last month. And so we're hearing from you. We hear your voices. We hear your ideas. We're excited to bring you more and more episodes as we see fit. And we're excited to start maintaining a proper schedule. But please, please, please don't stop with the support. We love hearing from you guys and DM us, text us, whatever it is, right? We're happy to hear from you. Yep, definitely, guys. And keep it up. Love to hear more. And, you know, move forward. Don't don't be afraid to reach out and give us recommendations or tell us feedback what you think. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys. Signing out. We will see you next week. Take care, guys. Bye, guys.